This is the 40-year-old Bond Virgins podcast. This meeting is being recorded. That meeting is being recorded. Good to know. Hello. Hey. How's things? I'm all right. Knackered for some reason. Been like just laying around all day. And now That'll I'm really tired. <laughs> that's what happens your body like kind of gets used to it and it's like yeah i could do some more of this yeah yeah should we do this um yeah no i'm good i've been hectic today yeah um, i think because i've been so hectic i've been just trying to squeeze in those last little bits so i was just trying to repaint some dodgy bits in jody's bedroom at like five to eight i was like i should really stop now and come and join wow. you um yeah. yeah, I didn't do much. Like I, um, mania. What have I done? What have you done with your life? Nothing. I did. Um, oh, I did some stuff. I did. I watched a film this morning, and then um, I made a keyboard. That's that's stuff. It. Yeah, that's, that's stuff. good stuff. I, I did the ironing whilst watching another episode of Hammer House of Horror, and you are missing out big time. Good ironing. the ironing was as per usual Mm. you'd love it Mm -hmm. okay all right let's do this all right how how do we do this when i don't know do you do do stats should i do stats i haven't got them i've I've got them (laughs) i can get them Casino Royale, <laughs> Casino <laughs> Royale with cheese to electric boogaloo is what I've written down. <laughs> Two thousand and six. Uh, the only stat I got is Amazon because it was four point seven. Yeah, you got four point seven. I got four point seven on Amazon, but I've got four point five on Amazon Prime on Bing. They're not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know why they're doing this. No, it's very strange. Eight, eight out of ten on IMDb. Okay. Five stars on Sky. Yeah. The big five. Big five. How did you watch it this week? How did you watch it this week? I watched it on Saturday night. Um. Mm-hmm. We, Elsie and I, had a great big Mexican food feast which Mm. i refused to eat whilst watching the film we had to sit and watch pointless celebrities just so that i could eat and then really concentrate on the film and then Mm. i sat with my laptop and i made notes and as i watched each scene i read the corresponding scene on imdb to make sure that i definitely understood what had happened and i still didn't sometimes um, I watched it on Sky Store, costs one ninety nine, and then I listened to three different podcasts about it today. Okay, how about you? That's a lot. I watched it this morning, about nine o'clock. Sit. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, that's the film you watched this morning yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) all right awesome Uh, ai um, yeah please let me just remind us of the question the question was why does bing round amazon prime ratings up although it didn't in this case it rounded it down doesn't it have anything better to do yeah um so this one is uh long and extremely boring um so let me just get that for you (laughs) okay i'm looking forward to it (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, yeah. if you know that it goes on, just cut it. Well, oh, God, yeah, a good two minutes. You just call it when, when you know it's not going to be is owned by Microsoft, <laughs> which is a major competitor of Amazon. By rounding Amazon Prime ratings up, Bing can make the service appear less appealing to users, which could lead to fewer people subscribing to Amazon Prime. This would benefit Microsoft, as it would give it a competitive advantage in the online retail market. Of course, this is just one possible explanation. It is also possible that Bing is rounding Amazon Prime ratings up for a more innocent reason, such as to simplify the ratings for users or to comply with Amazon's own policies. However, speed the fact it up. that Microsoft is yeah, a major yeah. competitor of Amazon makes it a sinister possibility that Bing is rounding Amazon Prime ratings up in order to gain a competitive advantage. Here are some additional <laughs> details about the sinister reasons She's why Bing might round herself. Amazon Prime ratings up to gain a competitive advantage. By making Amazon Prime appear less appealing to users, Bing can discourage people from subscribing to the service. This would benefit Microsoft faster, I think, Lee. advantage in the online retail market. Because she has already said Amazon's this. Reputation. By rounding Amazon Prime ratings up, Bing can make the service appear less reliable and trustworthy. This could damage Amazon's reputation and make people less likely to do business with the company. To drive users to Microsoft's own products and services. By making Amazon Prime appear less appealing, Bing can encourage users to try Microsoft's own products and services, which is an online retail platform. This would benefit Microsoft as it would increase its own revenue. She's off her face, man. The reason why Bing rounds Amazon Prime ratings up is unknown. However, it is important to be aware of the potential for this practice to be used for sinister purposes. For sinister purposes. That makes no sense. If you round the the things up, it's more likely to get customers to use it. Yeah. Maybe. She's wrong anyway. It's not that sinister. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, that fell flat. Okay. Let's try the um, AI synopsis then. Okay. I I asked <laughs> I asked ChatGPT to summarize the plot of Casino Royale in a comedic way, and it replied, "In Casino Royale 2006, our manly man James Bond. I quite like that. Mm. <laughs> our manly man James Bond, played by the dashing Daniel Craig, and." Um, just going to stop at that point i've listened to two american bond podcasts today you pronounce his name craig and uh, he's doing my nutting i hate that craig when they say ian instead of ian uh, the hell's going craig. on uh daniel craig sorry sets out on a mission to beat up a terrorist financier called le chief up anyway played by the ever intense Mads Mikkelsen but wait it's not your typical beat-em-up action Bond has to enter a fancy pants poker game at the posh Casino Royale in Montenegro with the help of Vesper Lind a clever British treasury agent played by the lovely Eva Green Bond must outwit and bankrupt the chief expect thrills spills and Bond's trademark charm as he tries to save the day while looking oh so stylish it's a high-stake game of cards, villains, and smouldering gazes. Let the poker chips fall where they may. 
It's Thank not bad. you, AI. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. All right. Shall we well, go into this? Let's get into it. Right. So the uh, but first... Before you start, oh. first James Bond movie to be based on a full-length Ian Fleming novel since Moonraker 1979. Just saying. Uh, hey. And also <laughs> the first Ian Fleming novel. Yeah, indeed. So... Back to true Fleming. It's proper phlegm, this. Phlegm all over the screen. Yeah. So we open, and we don't normally mention this, but we open with the MGM lion and the Columbia lady, but both in black and white. Yeah. And the black and white continues into the pre-titles, which is a kind of a moody Prague scene with like the most intense, beautiful close-up shots really really clean but wonky it's really film noir and what we've got is bond uh waiting for a a mi6 i still always question myself over that mi6 because i've written m16 (laughs) mi6 section chief who has been selling secrets um and (laughs) sorry i can't read my notes um SC. Oh, okay. So the section chief makes a real point of Bond not actually being a double O yet because he hasn't had these two kills that you need to be to be a double O. And then you cut to these really violent clips of his first recent kill um, and where he's smashing this guy to death in a, in a bathroom and like putting his head underwater and basically, you know, beating him up with his, with his own fists. And then goes back to the section chief and basically shoots him. And making it his second kill, so he becomes a, a double O, and then goes back um, to the bathroom where the gun barrel shot is shown from the point of view of the guy that he had just drowned, who comes to life briefly to try and shoot at Bond, and Bond spins back, shoots him dead, blood straight into the theme tune. Barrel shot, excellent, wasn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. The guy was basically telling me, and you know, he wasn't ready and wasn't smart enough, all that kind of stuff. And then, like, pulls his gun out on Bond, but Bond's already taken the bullets out of his gun. And just before he tries to put him down again, he just puts a bullet in his chest. Thought that was pretty cool. I love the black and white. I loved the spin on the. Like, it's telling you you've got all the Bond elements, but we're not going to do it in a stock way. So the whole point of this for the Daniel Craig years is that it's a reboot it's not in any way trying to acknowledge the past films it's doing it in its own way its own timeline completely answers the date question we were trying to answer in the pub that time it doesn't matter what dates we see in these films because it's not Mm? what except M yes um, but the entire kind of directorial vision of this is that it was a reboot. Yeah, yeah. But they kept him on for some reason. Very strange, I thought. I actually, I, I kind of didn't mind it, so but I just gone. <laughs> well, it's nice. I think what whole like I really like all of the tiny threads because there are threads because there are things in this film that we've obviously seen in Bond mm-hmm. so far quite like that there's like a that, that you do have that anchor 
back to those films without it having to retain everything. And actually, M, you know, if you think about her, um, um, John Cleese as Q, Money Penny, if you're going to keep anyone, it would have to be <laughs> have to be M out of there. Yeah. Because the rest was kind of comedy-ish. So M, when she took the job on, mm. Bond was already a double O. I don't think so. so she's, she's not the same M. She's not the same M, exactly. Can't be, yeah. She's not. Alternate universe. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Daniel Craig got his front teeth smashed out filming that fight <gasps> scene. Did he and really? had to have his dentist flown in from London to put him back in. Shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Go. Good fact. Did he did he smash them out himself accidentally or did the other guy fight back? Don't know. Don't, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that it's during during the actual fight in the toilet, so there's a lot of sinks and stuff around there. So, and that was what was really amazing about the cutting because it was actually cutting between the office scene and the and the toilet scene over and over. Mm. And in, the, in the office, everything was crisp and stark and beautiful, and then in the in the toilet scene, everything was gritty and fast paced and still all black and white. That had two very different kind of visual effects. Yeah, it, it set itself apart straight away. Hmm. Led straight into the opening music. Mm-hmm. Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. How was that? Who it was? And Didn't recognise the music, but I like the opening credits. There's no naked women in it. No naked women. It was all golds and reds, like this kind of running motif of um, car, uh, playing cards, iconography, and guns shooting out different card symbols lots of Daniel Craig and the song I thought was insane I loved it I loved it Mm. like Bond themes need to be really powerful really big and this was um and I and I knew the song but I okay like I could I was humming along to it I knew it but I couldn't have told you it was a Bond song before now and and it was got a really cool title, you know my name. Yeah. It's like Bond is back, bitch. <laughs> Don't even have to tell you what this is. You know me. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Very strong opening. Yeah. Beautiful. And continues um into the opening scene where we meet Le Chief, who I've written has an incredible face. He's the most intense face to look at (laughs) aside from the fact that he's like got one milky eye and the scar and all that stuff going on like he just has like a really defined look to him and he's off meeting some Ugandan freedom fighters um, Mm -hmm. to arrange some investments on their behalf so he's basically like give me some money I'll double it for you um, and they go for it, and he calls his stockbroker and has him sell some stock that his broker advises is definitely about to increase, but he says, no, sell it. Um, and then we cut to Bond, who's in Madagascar. He's paired up with Agent Carter, who is an absolute rookie, and I have no idea why he's part of 
MI6 yeah. at all, because mm-hmm. every time Bond talks to him through his earpiece, he's touching his ear to hear better. Um, <laughs> and Bond's saying, please stop doing that because you're going to get seen. And lo and behold, he is spotted by the guy that they are staking out. And as he tries to run after him, drops his gun, his gun goes off, people start going berserk. And Yeah, it wasn't this, great uh, his job. <laughs> I don't think he lasted much longer. It might have been his first day. First day nerves, maybe. Could have been, but he's we don't laying see him in again. a. No, I mean, he, last you see him, he's laying in a pit with a python and a ferret. A mongoose and a python. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> not a good so the guy, the guy um, that they're staking out, had just received a text message, and all the text message says is ellipsis, and this guy runs, and he's pursued by Bond who pursues him on a digger because they're going through some kind of building site. This new Bond is like really, um, like he's got no gadgets. It's not about gadgets anymore. It's all about him using his brawn and his brain. And they chase through this building site and there's like gunny, gunny, chasey, chasey, explosions, leapy, leapy. And then they get really high up on a crane. Um, And said Bond does something really clever to reach the top of the crane, but I haven't written down what clever thing he does, which is unfortunate. So um, the bloke climbs up the cables on the crane. Yeah. And then Bond just shoots the the goods the crane was holding. So the cable just dragged him up very fast. Uh, so it just pulled him up to the top. See, clever. Yeah. Um, he shoots his gun at him, but it's got no bullets in it. So he lobs the gun. Oh, this is the this is the guy. Lobs the gun at Bond, but Bond catches it, lobs it back, and it catches him right on the head. And he falls, but then he grabs the edge of the crane as he falls and pulls himself back on. And then I've written like this guy's like full on parkour, and he just like leaps from the crane in two jumps. And he is actually, you know, well, I mean, he is in real life. <laughs> a free jumper which makes complete sense (laughs) but i'm thinking if this guy in the film is this good at doing what he does he should not be a bomb maker he should be winning gold in the olympics with with it's some very heavy scarring on the face he's obviously not a great bomb maker (laughs) 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 so bond's not so good at parkour but he parkours anyway and he actually catches up with him and they're like leaping from place to place. I've said the villain guy is like a freaking gymnast. He shouldn't actually be a villain. He should be at the Olympics. More runny, runny, chasey, chasey, leapy, leapy. And I start thinking at this point, he's probably not going to be a quippy, quippy Bond. I can't see a place for a quip in any of this stuff. It's way too, um, it's way Very too serious. action heaven. Yeah, really yeah. serious. And now they're at an embassy and Bond is just like beating the shit out of this guy, um, (laughs) which he's really not allowed to do in an embassy. So he chucks him through a window. um, And I, and I thought that the point he was making, right, is you're not in the embassy now I can get you, but he is still on embassy ground. And, um, and all the people from the embassy come running out and like, guys, guys, like you can't do this, but Bond just shoots him and he shoots some gas tanks. They go kaboom. Everyone's distracted or dead. And he manages to grab, this guy the bomb guy's bag and finds inside it a bomb and a mobile phone from the mobile phone from earlier mm-hmm. we move on to Le Chief, who's now crying blood and he says oh it's just this medical condition I have 
and he completely rain man some stats um, about the cards that his opponent has. He's having a game of cards and he completely clears up on the table. And then the chief sees some headlines about Bond and the bomb guy. Um, and he kind of says to his man slave with like the weird kind of vague eyes, um, I don't care how the guests leave, like you can chuck them overboard if you need to. Yeah. And we cut to M. And she is in the most opulent library. It's like 10 stories high of just yeah. books and books and books. And she's been moaning the fact that Bond's off doing things against the rules that he shouldn't be in. Yeah. Um, not sticking to the uh, not sticking to the agreements that countries have in place with one another and she says Christ I miss the Cold War um, <laughs> which I really liked um, and meanwhile Bond is tracking the mobile or tracing or whatever you do to a mobile phone uh, from where the text came from that sent the, the text ellipsis and he locates mm -hmm. that originating phone to the Bahamas oh yeah so then Bond waits for M in her bloody house. He breaks into her house. That's and... where he's tracking the phone from. Oh, is that where he was doing it from? Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and she comes home and she's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Um, <laughs> and then she gives him some feedback for his personal development plan for a year, which is basically like, chill out and then she says just get out of my sight I can't bear to see you so he's kind of effectively dismissed um, mm -hmm. but you've kind of got this sense I really like that the power play between whatever bond and whatever M is there is like it's it's this it's quite equal like they both need and resent and respect each other all mm -hmm. the time the relationship yeah. has always been that way um so second time we've seen m's house oh really why oh because he was doing his um his uh thing butterflies. with the butterflies yeah i second thought time Bond's been them's house. i did think about that because when he goes to say i didn't realize that m stood for and she's like no more yeah don't, don't say no word um and i heard on a podcast uh oh you know we almost found out m's name and i was sure that in th that scene you just talked about the one with the butterflies i'm sure he referred to him by his first name yeah what was it moriarty i don't know i can't remember that sounds like a a sherlock bond villain oh right yeah <laughs> so he goes off to the bahamas on holiday he hires himself himself a proper dad car and does a bit of sony ericsson product placement that and car then, was a Ford yeah. Mondeo, which mm. a new Ford Mondeo that wasn't coming out to the following year. Because I did check why the fuck is he driving a Mondeo. Yeah. And it turns out it's because it was a brand new. They just like relaunched the Mondeo. It's all exciting, okay. apparently. Okay. And, and, and also, this is like, so in the novel, hmm. right, where am I going with this? This whole film is a, what do they call them when you get like, uh, like an origins story? This is about how Bond becomes Bond. This is what mm. drives him. This is where he gets his energy from. And so you kind of see that character development and, and him having that car is him as an agent doing his job. But 
the, by the end of the film, he's become this guy with this burning pain and um, need for personal revenge that then drives his more um, him what just wanting to be surrounded by beautiful things, but not actually loving any of them. Mm. So he doesn't care about the car at this point because it's just a job. But by the end of the film, he's become everything that Bond is meant to be. And okay. all of this bit in the film. So the feel, the book doesn't actually start until he actually meets Vesper. So all of this is just the film setting them up, setting that part of the story up, giving him some backstory. And also, they didn't cast an actress for Vesper Ling until some way into the filming, which I don't know if that explains why. I mean, you could cut stuff in, obviously. It kind um, of explains why she doesn't come in till later. Yeah, I guess so. They were going to put Angelina Jolie in this movie. Yeah. That would have been bad, wouldn't it? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, well, <laughs> we'll come to Vesper shortly. I wonder, would she mm. have played Vesper or would she have yeah, played... Yeah, Vesper, okay. yeah. I also heard that Quentin Tarantino was in talks to direct. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a very different film again, wasn't it? Yeah. Like I wonder with all those little kind of changes, what would have, what things could have been. Yeah. So. M would have been Samuel L. Jackson. He arrives at the Ocean Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be worth watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the Ocean Club, he gets eyed up by some female guests and then he gets mistaken as a valet. So he he runs with that. He takes the car mm, keys. He good. reverses the car, smashes it into a fence that smashes up several other cars and then just lobs the keys into the middle of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and because of this distraction that he's created, he manages to sneak into an unattended surveillance room um, and briefly has a look at the cameras monitoring the car park and laughs at the at the craziness he's he's caused outside but then he checks the text on the phone it's dated Date. yeah 6th of july 2006. 2006 and then he reviews footage um from that same date which is all stored in a handy cd cabinet mm-hmm. um notes the guy and what car he got out of, the guy that was sending the text at the time, goes to the reception. See the, do you see what car he got out of? An Aston Martin. The Aston Martin from the original Bond movies. Uh... Same colour, everything. That's um, Connery's car. Uh... <laughs> it's a car. And he manages to trick the receptionist into telling him the name of the person. Uh, mm-hmm. in the video so then we cut to a beach where a woman in a bikini is riding a horse being pursued by several children that keep going stop 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 and then she stops and the kids are then nowhere to be seen so I have no idea why they were <laughs> running after her and what they wanted and then Bond emerges from the sea in a proper throwback to Ursula Andress again so it's him mm-hmm. emerging from the sea in his little tight undies and she spots him um and it, uh, well, I've just written, she is connected to Alex Demetrius, who is the guy um, whose name that he's managed to, who sent the text. 
Yeah, he was like leaning over the balcony looking at her. She was looking That's at Bond. It. Bond looks at Alex. Alex looks at Bond. And the horse looks at kids. The kids were nowhere to be found. <laughs> all floating in the floating sea. Floating in the water. And the horse is like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, Bond's then logging into... So he's, he's you know, he's no longer... Uh, he's on, like, respite or whatever it's called, like... But he manages to log into the MI6 secure system using M's password. Mm. Um, so again, just these little—it's like he's not even mentioned though. It's not even like quite like it's just these little throwaways to how he is one step ahead of even M. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the team at MI6 phone M, wake her up and they both watch she opens up this weird cabinet next to her bed and it's just got a full on running computer in it and they both watch the stuff that he's watching (laughs) also M's man was asleep next to her yeah I would have woken up yeah who was was just a a member of the camera crew oh was he yeah <laughs> Did they just decide that last minute or something? Yeah, I just... guess so. Yeah, guess put someone in the bed next to her. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so they watch him scan through various um uh, uh documents, and he basically joins all the dots that link Alex Demetrius back to Le Chief. Yeah. So Bond gets into a card game with Alex Demetrius and he clocks Horse Girl and Demetrius is mean to Horse Girl. And then they play cards and then <laughs> Bond wins with Trip Aces. Trip Aces. Why? Why? Why shorten that? Trip Aces. Um, Alex Demetrius is really pissed off. He gets a text message and he leaves the table. So Bond and Horse Girl have a little flirt and then they go back to his for just one drink in the 1964 Aston Martin that he just won off her boyfriend and they dry hump on the floor of his hotel room Mm -hmm. and she tells him that Alex is off to Miami. Um, Meanwhile, Alex has been called to see Le Chief, who's really, really pissed off and then Bond orders some shampoo, sacks her off and somehow gets to Miami. So before he sits down at the card table, mm. he orders a Mount Gay rum with soda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Looks yeah. bloody good. Did you see it? No, but now it's I want nice. one. Yeah, I want one as well. Um, and also when he does go to Miami, so Bond jumps into the Aston Martin that he's just won, which mm-hmm. when he gives him the keys, when he when he won it, he also asked for the valet ticket, which I thought was really good. It really <laughs> sticks a knife in a little bit. Um, Alex is off in a cab to the airport. Bond is in the Aston, and then it cuts to them both being in cabs, as in we, we the flight's already happened. Yeah. But you don't see anything. About a flight. No, it's really and, weird. And it Alex cuts from Aston to the back it. of the camp. He, he, he's like, she says, oh, Alex has made it onto the last flight to Miami. So somehow Bond, hearing that, also somehow gets onto that last flight, gets yeah. there for check in on time. It's not mm. like he's got all that special agent stuff prearranged for him. He's not. He's no. not active at the moment. So he would have had to buy his own ticket, find out where his passport is. Yeah. Anyway, so, he gets there. It's sorted. Um, oh, there's 
something interesting about Bond's passport in this, actually. Oh. Um, on his passport in this movie, it says he was born in Berlin. Okay. And because you don't know who Bond's parents are, because he's an orphan. Yeah. But it suggests he was part of his parents were part of the Cold War. And we know from previous Bond films that he was brought up in a Scottish orphanage with uh, Sean Penn, whoever it was. But yeah. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Okay. yeah, So he's German-ish. English, but born in Germany. Okay. Yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They go to the bodyworks exhibition which i saw um when i turned 21 i went to the bodyworks exhibition in brixton and it is the exhibition that convinced me that one day i would definitely get a tattoo and then i just thought about what i would get for ages but when i went to that because so you saw the setup i've ever told you this story before so in this exhibition so all of those models, they're not models. They are actual, like, people that have donated their bodies to medical science or, or yeah. to this guy in particular. And then he's, like, plasticized all of their organs and muscles. and and But it looks like plastic. And you're walking around, and there's just all of these, like, people and animals all set up in, like, these weird positions. But you, you, you can't compute that they were a person. And there's, mm. like, like people's just their entire vein network so you see the shape of a body but all made out of veins and stuff and it just didn't feel real and then there was this one where it was a guy with his skin still just sliced straight through the middle Mm -hmm. and so you could see everything inside him but he had a tattoo running down his arm and it was the first model in there where I was like oh my god that guy has like a life and a story behind him and that's like the only thing on his body that made me connect him with having some kind of soul or story um and I was like that I need to have a tattoo one day and Hmm. have my story on me that's cool good exhibition yeah that's good that was one of my um notes that they're real people I didn't know you'd been to see that it's pretty cool it is amazing 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 so Alex um checks in his bag into the exhibition and um gets a token for it and he drops that token onto a table which bond clocks and then there's this crazy quiet murder scene where bond and him kind of come up close to each other and they have a knife that they're kind close of up knife fight, pushing yeah. towards one another um but no one in the crowd is clocking this at all they're doing it really quietly they could just be another tourist and bond ends up stabbing him slumping him to the floor i think he gives him a quick slap around the face Mm um you know and the crowd are just stepping over him because they just haven't noticed any of this um nicks his phone um and then he turns around to get the token but the bag token has already been retrieved so bond i think calls the last number that the phone had called or had been called by and he spot and looks around for the person answering their phone and he sees who has collected the bag so he then follows him to the airport where we then see Richard Branson going through a metal detector do you see that I saw that and also 
when British Airways played this film on their flights, they cut that out. They really? cut Branson out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one quick like thing before you carry on. Their yeah. token had the number 53 on it, which was the year that the book was written. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. Where do you get your information from? I'm IMDb. speaking it up. Yeah. <laughs> <IMDb. laughs> I, I do a few sites, just, you know, just Google okay. facts. I haven't heard any of these things. Mm. Awesome. Um, so the guy that he's now following is is looking at some sunglasses and Bond goes like proper old school spy and pretends to read or buy a newspaper and hides behind the paper to kind of watch him but the guy clocks him and he runs off um and it turns out that the uniform uh, so the bag contains a uniform for a security guard which he then changes into in a changing room in one of the shops Bond picks him out again, chases him, but he gets through a security door, which he's opened with some kind of code. And Bond stops and thinks about it and realises that ellipsis is the passcode to the door. So he types that in and gets in as well. Um, and then henchmen turns on water sprinklers and everybody starts going nuts. Meanwhile, Bond's called M asking for some advice, but then kind of like decides he is going to do it on his own after all. But Em and her sidekick have started Googling things and finding out what's going on at Miami airport. And they work out that there's going to be a new proto plane that's going to launch a new airline called Skyfleet. And they work out that the chief wants to get that plane destroyed. So then we go full on chasey, chasey, drivey, drivey, explosion, clingy, yoni, punchy, punchy, kicky, kicky, sirens, more punchy. And then there's this really cool bit where this plane that's taking off just like skims the police um, and topples a car over. There you go, your background scene, exactly. That was <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, it was wicked, yeah. Um, more fighty, fighty, drivey, drivey. And then he's in this tank. He starts powering this tank full of um, whatever dangerous, hazardous gas or fuel on there. Fuel, thank you, towards the plane. Yeah. People start running out the way. And then, oh, he's called Carlos, apparently. So Bond starts like, fighting Carlos and he nearly kind of falls out and he, anyway he pushes Carlos out and manages to steer the truck around to divert hitting the plane at the last second and Carlos is kind of like running away and feeling quite smug and he's watching from a distance as Bond's being arrested because um, all this time there's been like a, a bomb at, uh, attached to the bottom of the, the, the van that he'd stolen yeah. so he watches from a distance they make eye contact and he releases the detonator for the bomb, kind of looking at Bong and I still managed to do it. And then you watch Bond's face as you just hear this explosion <laughs> where he's actually attached the bomb <laughs> in the scuffle, it's attached the bomb onto Carlos. So Carlos yeah. just explodes into a million pieces and I've just written Bond lols. Pretty good. It was very good. When Carlos steals the truck, he yeah. breaks the driver's neck that was like filling the truck. Oh, nice. Um, that driver was actually the director of the movie. Nice. So he had a little role in the movie. It's pretty good. Nice work. <laughs> um, <laughs> the chief needs his inhaler. Um, he needs to go to an asthma clinic because he's not using that inhaler properly at all. I use my inhaler twice a day, right? The fact that he's on, and I've got it right for me, the fact that he's on a 
blue one and not using a regular steroid one, the fact that he's not breathing it in properly is why he's having to use the bloody thing so often. Um, he's not a well so, man. Well, no, but he's not going to be a well man if he takes his medicines wrong. It won't have any effect. Do we find out why he's like that? Um, well, I think the I think the asthma thing is is a separate thing to the eye thing. <laughs> so this is just yeah, my yeah. view. Um, and I think the asthma is like he he kind of does it when he's feeling stressed. The eye thing I learned was um, it's not so much that he cries blood or has the filmy eye; it's that he can't actually blink. Oh. The, the 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 actual illness is not being able to blink and um and that's why his eye goes filmy every now and again and mm. yeah do you know I the chief know uh, means the number man ah now i didn't know that well the number man i heard man, it I meant it was... something else the oh. drippy eye drippy milky Just eye man <laughs> drippy milky eye man Drippy milky eye man. Okay. Let me just make a note of that. That sounds like a good one for AI. (laughs) Drippy milky eye man. Nice. Okay. Um, So the reason he had diverted the stock was because he was going to ensure that the stock's tanked by wiping out this plane. But Bond bloody prevented it from happening. Bond comes back to the Bahamas to find Horse Girl all tangled up and dead in a net. I thought it was a net. It turned out it was a hammock. And then says, that's your fault, that is. And yeah. then gives him the lowdown on Le Chief and that he's now, because he has to get this money, because he was expecting to get a crazy amount of money from the stocks, um, that he would then give to the Freedom Fighters, because he's now lost their money effectively. He is instead setting up a high-stakes poker game at the Casino Royale in Montenegro, and apparently Bond is a great poker player. In the book, it was Baccarat. Right, um, yeah. So he has to go and make sure that Le Chief loses. Um, okay. So in that scene, uh, I called her Bikini Woman. Bikini Woman's dead on the beach. Um and M also confirms that Alex was killed as well. So at the end of the last scene, when you see the chief watching the the news about the uh, the airport, yeah, he's like, "Someone's been talking." Uh, so he kills them too because they were the ones he talking. Them. And also, I liked that in the next scene when M's talking to Bond, that his face is all fucked up. He's got like big scratches marks all over his face so he has just been in a fight unlike yeah. any other bond film yeah he good. always returns to being perfect again like yeah bond is fallible and he's he's human yeah pretty good so... and she tags him up she tags him up with gps in the arm in that scene oh well. yes well done yeah she does yeah. i forgot about that bit um so He's on a train to Montenegro and Vespa Lynn turns up and she's possibly the most beautiful woman I've ever set my eyes on. She has the most incredible mouth um, and she's in ter- charge of money. And then they completely assassinate one another's characters, but in a really flirtatious kind of way. And mm. they're told that they have to pose as a couple and they discuss this couple. And, and one of the podcasts pointed out the names they're given as their couple names I think she's got to go by Lady Broadchest and he has to go by James Archibald or something it's like it was pointed out that they would have been they reflect the old yeah yeah (laughs) yeah 
Um, so they discuss this and they are still meanly flirting with one another. But as soon as they get to the hotel, Bond's just like, I'm Bond, but you probably got me as this. And she's the money woman from the yeah. treasury. <laughs> um, and he, he, he he's like, look, Lashif knows who I am. There's no point hiding any of this. We just, you know, it just, we're just going to go in and sort the matter as us. Yeah. When, when they mate on the train, when she comes in, uh, she comes in, she sits down and says, I'm your money. Mm-hmm. And then Bond says every penny of it. And I thought she was going to be money penny because they said money penny within the sentence. Oh, the two that's sentences. nice. Do yeah. you know, I hadn't clocked the penny bit. I clocked money. And I think yeah. actually maybe Stu, maybe I didn't hear the penny bit because Stu went, oh, is that meant to be money penny? And I mm. said no. Um, yeah, every penny. Oh, that's it, nice. So. Yeah. So, what, so this film is is just really clever. It's yeah, just, it is it's, clever. It's so well thought out. And there are so many, you know, you always hear stuff like this, but it really keeps you guessing until mm-hmm. the very, very end. It turns everything on its head, but still has all of those brilliant, it's it's still a perfect Bond film. Yeah. But it has so much depth to it. It does. <laughs> she says in relation to the fact that they just dropped money and penny into a sentence. <laughs> so <laughs> deep, man, they're so deep. <laughs> But that's Pretty lovely. Good. It's such a lovely little touch. Yeah. Um, so they get hooked up with this guy, Rene Mathis. Um, and they are sat in this most incredibly beautiful town. I need to go to Montenegro. It just looks very nice. Oh very, my very god. Nice. It looked like something from a fairy tale. Bond also um, gets his uh, new Aston Martin DBS in the last scene as well. And he's got all these gadgets in the glove box. Just uh, well done. <laughs> um, and I've got no idea what Rene Mathis harps on about, but it must be something to do with the plot. I don't know. And then Vesper and Bond go back to the hotel and they dress up in beautiful dress and a, an amazing tuxedo and they flirt and it's less mean now. And then Bond heads down to the casino. You got something? Mm. I was just going to say that all I've written down is French guy scene, but I can tell you what the scene was. He meets Bond and uh, fake money penny, and um, behind him is the chief of police sitting at a table, chief of police for Montenegro. And uh, he was saying, That's the chief of police. Um, the, the chief has just paid him off to let him run the town while he's here. Um, but he's, uh-huh. And then he basically goes, But that's not what we do here. And then you see the chief of police get arrested behind him and taken away, basically saying that the French guy. What's his name, Rene? I've just called him Frenchie. Yeah. He, uh, he's he's running the town, basically. That's what's supposed to be happening. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. A so they way. go to um, a casino mm-hmm. um, for the poker game, and uh, they have to do this thing where only Vesper knows what the account number is for um, should Bond win all the money and only he knows what the password is so between them um, they're the only, that's the only way you can kind of um, activate the account if he does win and he's asked to set up a passcode with at least six characters and I knew immediately what he was going to put in there um, and then he plays cards with a load of other people including a guy called Mr Fuck You Too which I really liked and <laughs> um, 
And uh, he lets the sheaf win for ages and ages. And he works out what the sheaf's tail is, which is to touch his eye or to the side of his eye. And then he invents a new drink that everybody else likes the sound of and starts. I love that scene. <laughs> orders a dry martini. And the bloke says, very good, sir. But he says, three measures of Gordon's gin, one of vodka, half of a keen lily, whatever that is, shake it over ice, then add a thin slice of lemon peel. And then uh, one, after, one after the other, everyone's like, I'll have one of those as well. <laughs> I'll have one too, but hold the fruit. Hold the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Lynn doesn't turn up yet, is she? Nope. Okay. Carry on. Uh, although, yeah, no, go on, because I go straight to Jordan breaking the game. So she she will turn up. Go on. What are you going to say about her turning up? Well, Lynn turns up all in, the, in the nice dress. Everyone's checking her out, and she goes to sit down with French guy. And French guy orders uh, shampoo for the table. Missed the shampoo. (laughs) And then he explains to her how to play poker. Yeah. Which is a way of informing the audience how to play Mm -hmm. poker. And then there's a break during the game in which time Bond puts a tracker into Le Chief's stress inhaler. And Le Chief goes back to his room and the Ugandan freedom fighters are waiting there and ambush him. Um, and he basically. Nope. You for. You girlfriend. You gone. Bond. He. Hang on, Cal. Hello. Hello. Your screen's frozen. No, I'm here. I can hear you. You don't need to see me. Okay. But I am going to send you what I'm looking at. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to know what you're looking at. Oh, don't take a picture of it. It's going to be awful. Oh, you're laughing really hard at it. You, send it you won't be WhatsApp. able to see it, will you? No. I can't. Yeah, I'll you send, send it on WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's still frozen. Look. Uh, while I'm doing this, because yeah. I missed this earlier, because I was thinking it was a different card game. The card game that he plays with uh, Alec. Um, <laughs> there's. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's, that's what a I'm looking. Terrible at. picture. Yeah, I um, had to watch a recording oh, the other day of. You're um... back. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, yeah. I have to do a lot of calls at work. And we record most of the calls because they contain a lot of information that you need to go back and double check sometimes. And I was mm-hmm. going back to check something and show something and I had to watch myself talking. And I look like that all the time. Like everybody <laughs> else on the call just looks really professional and nodding their head and look like grown-ups. And I always look like a puppet or something. It's weird. <laughs> I always look so scared. Oh, right, okay. Right, Alex Demetrius's card game where he loses mm-hmm. his car to Bond. Yeah, there's an older lady playing cards from there. Uh, her name is Diane Hartford, and she appeared in Fundable. She's the woman that dances with Bond at the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Club. Oh, oh my God, I remember her. Yeah, because she had like a line or two, she's didn't the, she? Yeah, because she was like, she's like, oh, you want me to dance or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love this film. I love that stuff. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Um, 
so yeah, so Bond goes to see what the screaming is about, and then the Ugandan guys come out, so he like quickly snogs Vesper to just kind of cover up the fact that he's a spy. But as the guys go past, he spots Bond's earpiece. So they go fighty fighty on the stairs, and then Bond kills the guys. Um, and Vesper's kind of involved in the killing and then he's like quick go and get Mathis to sort out the bodies because he's like kind of like Mr Wolf kind of thing and then he goes back to his room cleans up pretends pretends nothing's happened goes back to poker Um, and then later he comes back to the room presumably to poke her like my joke poker poke her (laughs) Um, but she's all traumatized and shit and she's in the shower fully dressed and she's like talking about blood on her hands like she's gone on fully Lady Macbeth and he's like she's had to help him kill and she's you know it's been traumatic so he sucks her fingers back and until she's back to normal and she that that seems to make her better once he sucked her fingers so that's nice Hmm. and I think that's a helpful thing to just remember if you ever find anyone who's traumatized yeah that's all you need to do suck their fingers without requesting Without being asked me, yeah, finger access. There was no finger consent. (laughs) Uh, What was the line I sent you earlier? The sweet tang of rape (laughs) was a line from the original Casino Royale novel. (laughs) Talking about rape. Yeah. Do you remember that? (laughs) Do Do you remember that Connery one where he goes to the woman's house? She thinks there's some bodyguards coming, but they're not. He's already taking care of them, and then he like forces himself on her. And then later on, she makes him dinner. I think she was painted up to be a different type of Asian person. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's the old lady sitting next to Bond in this card game. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So you know. Ah. Oh beautiful that's beautiful <laughs> you didn't know where that was um, going did you no <laughs> <laughs> i'm still not sure where it went oh man okay mm. so le chief's blank-eyed right-hand man gets framed for the bodies that bond killed and le chief stress cries some blood there's more poker and I noticed that Mr Fuck You Too has really awesome hair and I also really like the great big rectangle poker chips yeah they're, they're the millions really cool. half million million oh, chips they're yeah. nice Plenty. so then Bond loses all of his money because he misreads Le Chief's tell after all Le Chief has tricked him he realises that Bond knew his tell and he's so he uh, calls his bluff. So Bond then gets all vulnerable with Vesper and says, look, I really need to do this. But she refuses to give him the buyback money to get into the game. So Bond just goes like full on old school and just decides, right, fuck it, I'm just going to stab up the sheaf. Yeah. Um, but as he grabs a knife and goes to do it, he is stopped by... <laughs> Felix! Oh, I, when so I watched this with Elsie and Stu. And when, Did when you, you do spoke, it? I went, Felix! <laughs> Felix Leiter, the man himself. Oh, I love this actor as well. Feel good? Yeah, it was nice to have him back. Um, it's interesting because they, they couldn't use him because of the court case that was going on. Uh huh which ended up being between Sony and MGM. Yeah. Sony paid off MGM to yeah. get all this sorted, but then yeah. bought MGM. 
so they, they 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 did this weird thing so i think mgm had to pay sony 10 mil sony paid them five mil yeah. mgm ended up with the rights to bond but sony ended up with the rights to spider-man yeah and, and then, then bought Sony MGM. bought out MGM anyway. <laughs> <laughs> With all that Spider-Man money, probably. But one of the points I heard made today is like, because of all of this, it me- meant that Casino Royale had to kind of wait it out. And again, this whole question of timing and, and who's who, if they had, because originally this would have been a Pierce Brosnan film. And then you start, yep. I mean, that that would become very, like, I wonder what, they, it couldn't have been a reboot at that point. It wouldn't have been a reboot, and it was going to cost them 30 million for the privilege with Brosnan, because he was out right. of contracts. Uh, interesting. And then it was going to be, when they did come to do it, it's going to be Daniel Craig or um, Henry Cavill. But Henry Cavill okay. at the time was only early 20s. Henry Cavill was Superman. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, but he's, he's in the running to be the next one, apparently. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I hear that there was like people were really outraged that Daniel Craig is blonde. There should never have been a blonde Bond. Yeah, although he would have been the second one. Who else Roger Moore's blonde. Was he? That's what they say. Yeah. Um, and they, they were calling him James James Blonde. James Bland and James Bland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Felix rocks. Yep. So it turns out he's been one of the other players that's been playing that night and he spots him back into the game. Um, yeah. He's like, you've got this, man. All we want is the guy. Like, you just, you just win. First, first Felix is 1989. Oh. Which, ironically, was only a few weeks ago for us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you know it's a good thing they're not trying to retain the history because the last time we saw Felix, he, was <laughs> he wasn't old, great. Why? And he'd just been eaten by a shark. Yeah, so I don't know how they'd explain the fact that this guy's black, young, and has all his limbs. <laughs> <laughs> so <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Vesper's really annoyed, and then Lashif's girlfriend walks in, and she she's got guilt written all over her face, and she's kind of looking. Uh, looking like she's done something bad. And then Bond gets all like shaky and he and Lashif both look meaningfully at his drink and he realises he's been spiked. Mm. IMDb tells me it was digitalis and that causes Bond to suffer severe tachycardia. Um, So he tries to make himself throw up by drinking salt water and then he stumbles to his car and calls MI6, which I've put M16 all the way through my notes, who tell him how to self-resuscitate, but the equipment hasn't been charged. Cat just left my room. And the equipment hasn't been charged and he dies anyway. But then Vesper sees him, plugs it back in and brings him back to life and he goes straight back to the poker game. Yeah. Where we have a quip. Bond sits down at the table. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, and Lashif is very surprised to see him, obviously, thought he's dead. Bond says, sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. Well, that is very good. Beautiful. Very good. And what's not like, say it as if you were Roger Moore. I, I don't know how anymore. <laughs> I don't know I can. Sorry, sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. Sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> What's great about Craig is obviously he doesn't do it with that no. knowing raised eyebrow. He like, <laughs> like 
he's like staring straight at him like yeah that nearly killed me so <laughs> they're down to at the poker table they've just got the sheaf bond mr fuck you two and biggie smalls they're the last four players on the table and they all yep. go all in and they all have really good cards but bond has really good cards and he wins Woo-hoo! 130 then, million nice so vesper and bond go out and have a lovely dinner together i had to look really hard um so there were menus and i did think they were eating mm. soup but it wasn't it was some kind of well, it looked like caviar i caught a glance from meeting but I can't remember if it's on the train or in this scene where she says, oh, what do you recommend? And I tried really hard to look at the menu because I was sure there'd be soup as a (laughs) menu item, but you don't get a clear look. Anyway, they have a good old proper flirt. And then Bond kind of calls Vesper out on the fact that she has someone that she loves. Um, And then Vesper says, oh, Mathis needs me. And she leaves. She gets a text message from Mathis and she leaves. And then Bond's like, hold on, Mathis? He realises something can't be right. And he follows her to see her being kidnapped. And then I write car chase at night and I'm about to do chasey, chasey, kari, kari, fighty, fighty. I was about mm-hmm. to do that. And I was, all I've written is car chase at night. Holy fuck. <laughs> because... <laughs> Didn't expect that, did you? No. So he jumps in the car, he speeds off and then you see his perspective out of the, uh, out of the window. And in the headlights, you see Vesper laying in the middle of the road tied up and he's almost about to hit her and he steers just misses her and like the car just spins out of control and he you know he's he's knocked out basically um and car uh, does um seven barrel rolls which actually broke a world world record for a practical stunt and is still in the guinness book of records nice actually used three three aston martin db9s for that scene cost three hundred thousand pounds each Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Lashif and Paylise um dig at dig the tracker out of his arm and yeah. tell them Mathis is our friend. And then the next thing you know, the next thing you know, Bond is sat naked as the day is born in mm-hmm. Berlin, sitting on a chair that has actually no seat to it, and Lashif is whipping him with a knotted rope right in his bollocks and demanding yeah. to know what the password is now this and is it, the chair i was talking about a few months ago there was a early bond film yeah where the seat was missing out of a chair in a torture room and you you mentioned it you said what oh. the hell was what the hell is that for and i said well i've seen that in a later bond film but i'm not going to say anything oh wow <laughs> i can't remember what it was now but yeah I was like, I know why there's no seat in that chair. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's a thing. That is a thing. Oh, shit. Um, it sounds really incredibly painful. Like, it is a, mm. it's dark and torturous. Like, it is one of the most... Um, it, Simplistic. It was, yes. Yeah. Um, but horrifying. And barbaric, yeah. It yeah. was just like as basic as you can get, just being whipped on the nuts repeatedly. And mm. and, and you see, like, he is screaming with pain. It's agonizing. And he is, you can see him internalizing and like pulling back the will to like just laugh at him. He keeps laughing at him and going, people are going to find out you were scratching my 
nuts and dripping with sweat absolutely no, uh, over to the right <laughs> right <laughs> a bit right a bit that's it <laughs> uh, and uh and then bond hears vesper screaming and the really plays on that mm. um but bond still doesn't let him know what the password is and so the Sh- is just about to cut his willy off uh, when some guy suddenly comes in and just shoots Lashreef dead. Yeah. Just right in the head. Um, and I don't know if we know. So I I did, I did, couldn't clock who he was. And then I looked on IMDb and it told me. But I don't think at this point you're meant to know who no. that was that shot. Okay. So I won't say it then. Um, I just need to say on the, I'm like, incredible scene, really incredible. Well, you do see but, this guy. So at the beginning, he's there with the Ugandan freedom fighters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so what he I was introduces say. them so, and the chief. So Mr. White is the guy that introduced the Sharif to the freedom fighters at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't know who that is. What I find particularly odd about this whole thing is that I, if I'd been the Sharif, I would have mm. had a go at the password. I would have just had a go and you probably would have been right because it was the weakest password. Kind of. Incredibly. If you look at, so one of the cock-ups in the film is that Bond doesn't actually type that. Oh, I, I watched else. him do it because I was like, I bet he puts her name. And then I watched him and I saw him do the V and the E. Yeah, he doesn't. It's, uh, he, the last three digits are different. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It, it looked right to me because I was like, I bet he doesn't. It's like, supposed to be it's supposed to be right, <laughs> but he doesn't actually do that. Funny. Anyway. Don't just choose the name of the person you're with, for fuck's sake. The chief would have been better off torturing her and then having a go at the password. Yeah, but he would definitely anyway. get laid doing that. So Bond wakes up and he's at the world's most beautiful hospital in a special wheelchair that also has the NADS area cut out so that they they are nice and protected. And and then Mathis is there and I don't really understand what happens or if he's even good or bad, but then he just gets tasered and dragged away and it's all very confusing. Yeah. And then a Swiss guy comes to sort out all the money stuff and the transfer and Bond reveals the romantic gesture of the fact that it was her name being used as the password, um, which I said is highly unrecommended. And then Vesper and Bond fall in love and he says he's just going to quit. He's going to quit for her and become an mm. honest, hardworking man. And so with that, Vesper apparently sails a boat all the way to Venice. Yeah, She's just sailing this little boat and he's just there on his laptop. It's as not they little. Sail. It's classed as a yacht. Was it? It was yeah. quite small was quite small but they had to get special permission to actually sail it through venice it's um it's not a boat had that big hasn't been sailed through venice for over 300 years huh. there you go there you do go um and when they're on the boat vesper spots a man and she gives him some kind of strange and meaningful look which you would because he was wearing glasses that had one normal lens and one sunglass mm. lens. So he was already just, a bit Just ridiculous. wear sunglasses, man. Yeah. So then cut to a post-romp in a hotel room and Vesper says, I'm going to go and get some money. Um, you can go shopping. But while she's out, Bond gets a call from M saying, hey, where's that money that you promised us? And Bond's like, hmm, Vesper 
is doing something so he runs over to the bank that she was meant to be at and she's not there so he goes looking through all the tourists and then he sees her crossing a distant bridge um, and he follows her and ends up in this underground gatey statuary place and there's loads of henchmen about Bond takes one of them out with a silent silence on a gun and Vesper hands over the money to stupid glasses man who then spots Bond and there's Tracy Tracy shooty shooty and there's machine guns and floaty tank things exploding everything's going mental and the building is collapsing in the canal and shooty shooty collapsy collapsy gushing water Bond's super chilled just tiptoeing around he spots some broken glass I've miss what purpose it served and then there's more shooty shooty and the building is fully collapsing the whole time oh no money falls in the water more fighty fighty collapsing collapsing the whole time vesper is trapped in an old lift and then there's kicky kicky and then a taser and then punchy and then a nail gun straight through odd glasses eye yeah so then bad eye as well <laughs> bond goes to save vesper in the lift um and she locks herself in and it's like a metal kg lift and it's being submerged into the water and she apologizes to him and then kills herself by just oh god i'm actually tearing up again <laughs> again i cried okay <laughs> um oh that was she apologizes oh god yeah. <laughs> and then kills herself by locking yeah. herself into the lift and letting it fall and she takes this massive exhale and um yeah, you and, see her breathe the, all the air out of her lungs while he's trying to get the door open. Yeah, and he swims mm. after her and he's unable to rescue her in time and they, like, hold hands and make eye contact as she's drowning and apologising in front of him and it was just utterly beautiful. It was all shot in the most incredible way and everything's floating and it's, like, so darkly romantic. It's pretty good floaty acting. <sighs> Well, good floaty acting, better than scuba. <laughs> and then somehow Mr. White has the briefcase, the briefcase that I'm sure I saw just plunge into the water, whether he saw mm. it bobbing around and he just grabbed it, I don't know. And he walks off with it and um, has managed to get Vesper up and has given her mouth to mouth, but it's no good. No. So Bond's just sitting back on the little boat that they chugged into Venice in, that really big, small one. And... <laughs> Um, has been explaining to Bond that Vesper did this because her boyfriend had been captured by Le Chief's organisation and she needed to save him by actually making sure that Le Chief did get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very confusing here whether she, like she, whether she really did love him and fell in love with him uh, uh, for how long she had known whether it was from the point they were being tortured in the chair dungeon or whether she'd always gone with this intention, <clears throat> um, whether Mathis really was the bad guy, it's not, it's not clear. But this is the point where you see Bond harden up to everything because he was, he, he was giving up his career for her. It's full mm. on Tracy again. And, um, and she'd effectively done him over and she's like, and he says, job done, the bitch is dead, which is the last line in Casino Royale, the novel. Right. Nice. Yep. Um, and then he, he gets says, a text, doesn't he? well, he does. So, well, he, yes. So he, he says to him, well, she left a phone for me and he opens up the phone and there's a text message and it says, Mr. White and a phone number. Yeah. 
So the next thing you know, we're at Lake Como and Mr. White's phone rings and he answers it and he says, who's this? And then he's immediately got shot. And in the leg. Says, yeah, in the leg. Sorry, I should have said that. Yeah. As Daniel Craig says, the name is Bond, James Bond. The end. Well done. <sighs> Who sent that text then? She did. She's because she put four James on it. She knew that he would just look at the text. She sent it to herself, I think. What beforehand or like while yeah. she was drowning? Um, I think just in case she drowned because she left the phone on the Didn't boat. Didn't he receive the text on the boat? I think he just turned the phone on and it pinged through oh, because it right, takes right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. I There's a lot like of bleeps. questions. Yeah. Well, I haven't got that many questions. Mathis. <laughs> yeah. Who is Mr. White? Who's he working for? What is the org? Well, I mean, come we on. Know, yeah. Still. It's really exciting, isn't it? That, that, that organization is coming. Yeah. Because actually, that organization is still being legally argued and. They still can't use it in this film. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there might be slightly less questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you like this film? I did like it. Would Do you think um, you would have liked it as okay. much as you do? I assume I know how you feel about this film. If you hadn't seen 22 other Bond movies. <sighs> that is such a good question. Hmm. Mm, okay. I think I think I would have liked it a lot, but I would never have gone near it because of my perceived understanding of what Bond right. was all about. Yeah. And I haven't ever gone near it and I haven't ever watched it and I did genuinely like it. Would I have liked it as a standalone? Do you know what? No, I probably wouldn't actually, to be fair. I think one of the things I loved is all the moments that you've been talking, like all of the little back references, all of the things that make it mm. part of like this massive tapestry. That's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. That's so, what I was kind of thinking. Like, I, I remember enjoying this when it came out very much. I thought it was very different to the previous films. Bearing in mind, the only previous films I'd seen are the Brosnan ones. That's basically it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's because when we watched, when I watched the previous one, the first time when the car was going invisible and stuff like that, I was like, it's getting a bit much. Mm -hmm. I like a remote control car, but invisible cars and stuff, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so when they did this, I thought it was very good, but I didn't, uh, like you say, I didn't know anything about the history and anything yeah. like that. So it's, uh, yeah. Uh, how many money pennies you give in this film? How many money pennies are you going to give this movie? Given this five fucking money pennies. Yeah, me too. <sighs> what a good film. Casino uh, Royale. Five With cheese. money pennies from me. Five money pennies from you. It's weird to be awarded money pennies when there's no more money pennies. Yeah. I guess we never get a money penny again. Uh, I think we do. Oh, really? I think so. We could be <laughs> wrong. I know we get a cue. 
So oh, I assume there's we? a money penny. Yeah. Okay, we've got two existing tens. We've got Goldeneye mm. and Hamadge. I'm going above Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. I'm going above her match. Excellent. That's where it belongs. <laughs> Damn, isn't it? Do you think Tracy is in this timeline? No, it's not. Th- there's no, only four movies. Not... Oh, what do you think? We'll see her again. Do you mean? Well, he's just become a double O. Yeah. Well, so yeah. in theory, it's in his future. But none of the rest of the films are Fleming novels, are they? I see. So Tracy wasn't part of the Fleming stuff. No, Tracy was part of the Fleming stuff, but aren't the last four of these films just spun off out of this alternate bond that's been spun up by having Casino Royale? Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't don't know. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Never watched them before. No, same. (laughs) <laughs> we all find guess we'll out. find out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the project that just keeps giving <laughs> okay Vespa Lind is the bomb girl okay you like I, her I, I really loved her okay um and I really like that she did you know she did everything she did for the love of someone we never even see mm-hmm. and it kind of explains I mean I'd be what, what do you think do you think at what point was he captured and at what point was he being used um, for her to be part of the duplicitousness? Do you think it, when she was on the train, she knew that's why she was there? No, I think that happened later. I think she was being blackmailed possibly from the beginning of when she enters, but I think Em explains something later on, doesn't she, about... That she did love Bond, and this is why she did a certain thing. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I think the actual she, exchange she was down bargain. to yeah. yeah. And she, so I think she that's gave what up changed. her life for him. Yeah, but so I, I think she genuinely loved Bond. Mm-hmm. I read it, and I think you can see it both ways. So I, so I saw it that she was in on it. She knew what she was going to do right from being on the train, and that's why during the card game she refused to let him buy back in. Right. Because she didn't want him to win because she wanted to make sure that she got the money, that she was there to always ensure that Bond wouldn't actually win. Right, okay. Um, but then I heard on a podcast that it was actually from the point that they were being tortured that she found out that her boyfriend had been captured and that's why she did what she did. But I honestly think you can interpret it both yeah, ways. You, yeah, I think you can. And I kind of like that. I, I like the thought of it being from earlier. Um, because then when they when he actually does get the money, she then has to find a new way of making sure that he doesn't get the money, which is to suddenly ramp up the seduction techniques, make him fall in love with her so that she can go and get the money from the bank instead. Mm-hmm. And I like that she's doing all of that out of love, but also make sure that both the men that she loves survive by buying out his life and by getting the money back to save her boyfriend's life and then gives up her own life for two men. God damn. Yeah, she's pretty cool. <laughs> she's Not right. as good as pig face, though. Good. I was going to say under Tracy. If I had the two stood next to each other, I think I'd prefer Tracy. I'll go with that. Because that would have been a really hard call for me to make. And, <laughs> yeah, I would have broken my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Beam. You know my name. It is okay. You liked it. I really liked it. It's up there for me. Okay. Um, you can put sing that away if you want. Okay, oh, thank you. Um, um, yeah. How does License to Kill go? Got a license to kill. And what about View to a Kill? Got a view to a kill. Yeah, it's going above that. Nice. I like it better than that. Okay, I'm putting it under We Have All the Time in the World. Yeah. Notable baddie uh, being Le Chief, because I guess the big baddie is white. Yeah, I guess it is Le Chief, because all of his um, dudes just get arrested, don't they? Yeah, well, I liked like vacant-eyed henchmen, like the one right. that gets set up, but then obviously is released. He mm-hmm. had that same Vargas thing of just being mute and starey. He's no Vargas. <laughs> Let's stick with Le Chief. <laughs> Vargas is only halfway up the list, look. Guy's a ledge. I know, but apparently not, eh? Because there's one, two, three, four, he's five, pretty six, good. seven, I mean, eight, he's, nine, he's ten up... people above him. For a guy that didn't say anything? Didn't yeah, say anything, I don't even know why baby Benicio de Toro's under him. He should be above, really. <laughs> he's he's in good companies between odd job and baby Benicio del Toro. <laughs> For a guy, yeah, nice you know, honeymoon. Can't remember what his story was. It who was a virgin? He Vargas. Yeah. He was a virgin. I think he was a virgin, or he had no. Was he castrated or something? There was something <laughs> weird about him. Oh my god, I remember that. That's a detail you'd think I'd have to hand. Oh, um, by the way, I've been. I, I don't know if you've seen on the board, but I've been trying to test myself. I want to be able to name each of the like every bond film and the bond from the film okay so i've been like testing myself and i've like set up little like i've worked out that i can remember how many each one did i can remember the order of the bonds i can remember how many they did and then i just need to go back and remember the names of the films and i've set up little um you know those little patterns where you can link names to make them come out in the right order okay How's it going? I'm not going to do that. Yes, yeah, quite good. I think I think I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, up on Vargas, Vargas, close henchman of Emilio Largo, high-ranking member of the criminal organization Spectre. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Vargas first scene with Largo. Uh, maybe I just made all that up. <laughs> Who are you thinking of? Vargas Someone at work. Inspires. <laughs> on cars. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Stick cut off. And illustratively prepares to hand Vargas one before using the opportunity to mention Vargas compete abstinence of alcohol, tobacco, or sex. Oh, yes. His total like devotion to killing. Total That's... devotion to killing, yeah. <laughs> He's dedicated. There, there we yeah. go. Okay. Right, where are we putting the sheaf? Oh, right, yeah. Um, he was not, he was all right, he was pretty good, but he was, um, not that evil, he's just a desperate man, really, wasn't he? With uh, I, I kind of liked that he had a reason for being evil. Usually, people are just like, ha ha ha, the most evil person in the world, but he was like, mm. shit, I'm gonna die if I don't sort this problem out, and I'm gonna have to take some people down with me. I quite liked him having a bit of narrative, yeah. Um, I would go before Jaws after Mayday. Who's Mayday? 
<laughs> I can't remember. Why is May Day? Oh, May Day is the flat top uh, woman, the model. Grace with, Jones. Uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless she's better than May Day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And car chase. There was the parkour foot chase, and there yeah. was the 30 second car chase where he flips the car and oh smashes God. it out. And what about the fight scene at the airport? Does that count? Yeah, I suppose so. They're both in the same vehicle. For most yeah, of it, I think the only chase was Pacor then. Mm. Well, there was the car chase that blew your mind. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't a car chase. Very second he like got in the chase. car and then he stopped. <laughs> no, you're right, actually. Right, let's go the 30 second car chase because that, that did blow my mind completely. <laughs> so that's up there for me. Yeah, it was pretty good. Don't think it's good as the tank. No, I'd say it's more like uh, the French taxi one, whatever that one was. Oh, yeah, got it. A view to a kill. Yeah. All right, let's go there. Fabulous. Right, no belly dancing, no circuses. Don't think we're going to see a circus again. I think you're right. You said there definitely wouldn't be. And I was like, oh, there will. No hooking up in a boat. Although they probably did. We just didn't see it. They were on that yacht to Venice for some time. Oh, yeah. No model village, no monorails, no soup. But there was a date. Okay. There was a date. Casino Royale. 6th of July, 2006. Okay. All right. Right. Oh, we can put a picture of Daniel Craig on the board now at the back. Yeah. What are you thinking of him so far? Strong contender. I'm just thinking, oh, I don't know about his other films, feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I do know about the films coming up is one of them happened, was filmed during the writer's strike. And yep. Craig had to write some of the script himself. And oh. it's not great, apparently. That's not the one I was thinking of. The last one was done during, or was supposed to be released at the beginning of COVID and was delayed release by two years. Oh, or 18 months or something like that. I think that was the last one. I can't remember. It's one of them. Right. Next mm-hmm. film is Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what I, I want his you boyfriends to ask, in that one. how does boyfriends in it? You told me this already, right? So he's a stuntman in it. Ah. Right. What I want you to ask AI is, drippy milky eye man, why do you cry blood? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That should be a good one, right? Yeah, the other ones were last couple have been like, um, like no one, questions. No one you. gave up in that last little spiel she did, but I almost gave up listening to it because she said the same thing four times and it was factually incorrect every time she said it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to it any of the times. <laughs> I saw what came out, so I have to I have to transfer all the text to make it into a voice. Okay. And I said, "Oh God, that's going to be boring." <laughs> and you were right. You were right. <laughs> this should be better. This should definitely be better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just wanted to mention because we haven't mentioned this topic for some time on the podcast, um, mm. but the whole subject of the twins' birthday present. Yeah. The, um, the Zeppelin is booked. It's sorted. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Gift done. Gift done. All right. Let's call it. Okay. Um, Bye, podcast people. Bye, podcast people. And Bill, if you're still listening. Yeah. Yeah, Shout out to Bill. (laughs) It's been a while, Bill. Have a shout out. Bye. Bye.
and everyone in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you listening? <laughs> <laughs>